Welcome to Flower of Life podcast. This is Carmen Fernandez and today we have Jason Seppel to talk about how to become limitless by changing your inner world and your mindset. Yes, Jason is married to his soulmate, Patty, and together they have two boys. He's a five-time Ironman finisher, a recruitment leader, and peak performance coach. Jason is passionate about helping leaders turn overwhelm into clarity and results faster so that they can have more time, money, and magic. Welcome to Flower of Life podcast, Jason. Thank you, Carmen. I am very grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to have you here. And as a coach, uh, you're passionate about self-development and helping people to find their best self. How did you get into coaching and how coaching has changed your life? Thank you. That's a, that's a great question. That is the million dollar question. Um, I hear that a lot. And so I'm happy you ask. So it's a semi long story, but I'll try to keep it fairly short. So um, I've always had coaches, right? Like I've been in triathlon. I had coaches in um, other aspects, sports. I've always had coaches. I've always been an athlete. And then when um, around October of 2019, um, the project I was working on wasn't going quite as planned. And I've known for the last five or six years that I wanted something more than what I was doing. And all of a sudden, a, a, a gentleman came to present to the office space I was in. And it was about going to Tony Robbins UPW. And he came from the recruitment industry. He was awesome. He's such a great energetic guy coach leader and he brought me through the wheel of life with myself and my coworkers and some other people on our floor and i signed up i signed up for upw on the spot and then he came back one other time and every time he came i just kept talking to him and talking to him and talking to him and talking to him i had so many questions and finally he was like jason you want to continue this conversation i was like you bet i really would and i found myself with a coach i didn't know there was such a thing but next thing i knew i had my own coach and I started doing some deeper introspection. I went to the Tony Robbins event, you know, walked on fire, came home. My wife, my wife and my boys all thought I lost my mind. They're like, why are you like, you know, priming in the morning and getting up early and doing all this stuff? And like, why do you like uh, electric dance music now? Like, why do you, you hated it before? Now you like it? Like, who are you? Like, what happened? And so they're all a little freaked out. And then I ended up I talked to my wife, I put my um, master, I was going for my master's in leadership, um, my MBA in leadership. And so I put it on pause. I joined the Robbins Medanus coaching program and the rest is, well, not history yet, but the rest is becoming history pretty quickly, so. Oh, that was, that's great, that's very inspiring. And how has changed your life since, since then? Everything's changed, like all my um, just, um, by what I'm learning in coaching and then implementing on myself. Like I am my first student. And so I implement what I learn. And by doing that, it's changed my inner world, my inner landscape, which has then changed my relationship with my wife for the better, for the much better, with my boys, with my coworkers, with my friends, with everything. And now life just seems to be falling into place where it's, giving me the opportunity, having me step up and really 
embrace helping others in a big way so I can have a lot of impact. So it's very exciting. So. And you have done uh, Ironman five times. I have, yes. So I went from, I was an athlete in high school. I hurt my bad, back pretty bad lifting in high school between my junior and senior year. And then it was bad for a while. My mid-20s, I had to have spinal surgery. So I had to have spinal surgery. I thought I might never run again. And so when I went to my neurosurgeon after the surgery, he made a little snafu, kind of tore my dura, ended up being a little longer uh, recovery than anticipated. But he told me, okay, Jason, no, no heavy lifting, so no squatting, and running's probably not a great idea, but as long as your body can handle it, you can do anything. So all I heard, Carmen, was anything that your body can handle, you can do. So I started off with running, I started off with lifting, course uh, and then my friend challenged me to do a half marathon and then it was a MS tour to raise money for a multiple sclerosis a 150 mile bike ride over two days and then he same friend challenged me to do a mini triathlon and so I did that and then that was a lot of fun and I got really hooked and a year from then I ended up doing my first Ironman and then I did four more and about 20 halves so I got wow. pretty yeah. And that was before you got into coaching? Yes. Yes. That was all just process and self-mastery, right? Just finding something you love and just yes. kept turning the different dials as you learn about it. I was like, I had swam growing up, not competitively, but I was a lifeguard by the time I was 15. And so when they, like the first day I went and joined the um, I think it was an LA fitness or a gym, whatever. I went and got in the pool and swam like 50 yards and I thought I was going to die. I'm like, Oh my God, how am I ever going to swim? Like, you know, 2.4 miles or whatever the distance was for that first triathlon. It was really, it was really a, a big obstacle at the moment. So. Well, then you got, you got over that. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. You just figure out a way. Right. And you, you're really like anything you start in life. Like we didn't know how to walk. Right. Imagine if we all just, mm -hmm. said, Hey, that, that guy's not a, like my sons didn't walk. Oh, that guy's not a walker. Like, no, that's it. <laughs> he has to get up and walk at some point. So it was the same with triathlon. So actually, actually, th thanks for asking about that. Cause I use that a lot to remind myself on new journeys and being uncomfortable and not knowing yes. that really, that's really the sign of growth, right? Like when it gets real uncomfortable, you just have to kind of tell yourself, okay, I've been here with other stuff, just kind of power through. So feeling comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? <laughs> right, right. The boss said to me for a lot of years, but I didn't really internalize it until this recent part of my journey, you know, so. And now you, you work with leaders and athletes. How do you help them to achieve their goals and, and improve their performance? Again, it's just teaching them what I've learned, really, or just helping them work through the things I've learned. Like, knowing that a lot of people really aren't very kind to themselves. They don't take time to celebrate successes, even small successes, right? They don't take time to be grateful for things. They don't take time to set their intentions. So really helping leaders recognize those patterns, patterns in themselves so they can show up better for everyone around them has really been one of the big things I've noticed with the people I've been coaching. So it's about become aware of of, of your behaviors or and 
of your thoughts and how you experience your life and then what you need to change. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. You notice the patterns, right? Like you have mm -hmm. certain patterns that tend to show up over and over again. Like someone, you have a trigger when someone says something or you feel like, hey, so-and-so leader is going to ask you to do something. And every time they ask you, it makes you feel resistance, like kind of mm -hmm. notice internal resistance and try to change that story, right? Try to show up with a different intention. Even giving them different energy is a way to heal a lot of relationships. So I think you, right, don't you do, you were sharing with me prior to the podcast that you were doing some energy healing yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so um, awareness is the first step when we want to change something in our lives. Yeah, yes. I think awareness and a willingness to change. And willingness, yes. And willingness is very important. Yes. And our mindset is as well very important and how we feed our mind, right? Yes. Very, very. Like reading, reading what you read, the words you use, um, language is critical. And then what you're feeding your mind is critical too. Like if you have an opportunity to read or... I'm not saying binge watching your favorite show is bad necessarily, but it's not really extending your thoughts beyond your already known beliefs, right? You're not challenging yourself to learn more. It's like athletics. I think you have to work out your mind the same way that you work out your body. You have to feed it good stuff. So, And why, why is the mindset so important? Some people think, oh, but this is how I am and... I'm not going to change or um, they think there is maybe there is not much difference in uh, the mindset. What can you, what can you say to those people? How, how can you um, um, highlight the importance of, of the mindset? No, thank you. That's a beautiful question. Uh, I think it's, it's critical, right? I don't, I don't believe that people, people aren't one way. Like we're always growing and changing. I mean, you're, there's the fixed minds. That was actually something that unlocked my mindset and explained my whole entire childhood to me. I realized maybe five or six years ago, I read Carol Dweck's mindset and realized in some things I had a very fixed mindset where I believed I was what I was. Right. Meaning that if I was shy, then I was destined to be shy. If I was someone who was not the, you know, uh, back to the kind of shy, but like if I went and I'm better one-on-one -on -one with people versus in a big group or, or just those stories I was telling myself. And I realized that that was all just tied to stories and patterns I had developed over the years from being labeled like, Hey, Jason's a great student. Jason's smart. Jason's kind. Jason's polite. And all those labels versus like being praised for the action um, really, really kind of set up a light, set off a light bulb for me when I was like, whoa, that's huge. Like all of a sudden, like that explains why I was so hard on myself for my grades, even though they, they're important, but they don't really matter. It depends on how you take the information and, and use it. Right. So knowing that your mindset isn't fixed is critical for people like you, like whatever your situation is today, all you have to do is change it, decide that you want to change it and you can start changing it. So we can change our mind 
said. And, um, and, and what I, you're saying also is that uh, we have labels that uh, create our identity of, uh, or our self-image, right? Yes, yes, we have patterns and, and labels and things that you like, stories that you tell yourself, stories that you, that just keep running like a loop every, every day. So. And we can change those labels. We can change those, um, the image that we have about ourselves. All and of the stories that we tell ourselves. Yes, yes, and most people, myself included, because we all were, it's a universal thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone has two fears. You have a fear of failure, and then you have a fear, fear that if you fail, then you won't be loved. Fear of failure, and the other fear is what? Fear is that if you fail or you're not enough, that you won't be loved. So fear of ah, failure, yes. not being loved. So, I mean, they're universal wherever you're from, whoever you are, no matter how successful you are. I mean, I watched an interview not long ago with a very famous actor who's getting up there in years now, but he's, you know, been super, super successful, a household name. And he was talking about a new script he was writing. He was just talking about how, hey, uh, this is garbage and this is, this is terrible. And he's like throwing papers and no one's even going to buy this. I'm probably washed up as he's sitting in his mansion at his great desk with trophies and plaques and awards, you know, behind them, but that fear doesn't go away. So it's really up to us to one, like you said, to be aware that it's there mm -hmm. and the, just to ignore it, just to like kind of minimize it, make it smaller, push it away, not listen to it. So we have, we realize that we have this fear and just keep going <laughs> with the fear. Well, you can acknowledge that the fear is there. Or acknowledge, yeah. I'm not saying just like, put it on a positive face and just pretend like, yes, yes. But just kind of acknowledge that it's there. Be okay with it. Be like, Hey, I release you. Like, Hey, you're there. Thank you for being there for showing up to protect me or whatever you're trying to do. But mm -hmm. no, thank you. I'm good. I'm going to go with courage or I'm going to go with being bold or I'm going to go with something else that, that suits me now. That's not, that's not uh, a counter, counterproductive to whatever it is your dream is that you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was like years ago and um, in work, I had to go to meetings and I felt so much fear of speaking in, in a, at the meeting or in public. I had very like, I was uh, every time I had to go to a meeting and speak, I would be sweating. And so nervous, my heart was beating so fast. And then when I started, you know, learning about coaching and changing their mindset and dealing with your fears, I I started to acknowledge my fear. And and instead of trying to get rid of the fear, just accept the fear. Okay, I I have this feeling, and it's okay to be to feel the fear, and it's fine. And once I acknowledged the fear and, and I was okay with that, then the fear started to disappear. <laughs> and that's, be that's beautiful. That's awesome. And then I was able to, you know, to go at meetings and speak openly and express my opinions. And, uh... that's good. and look at you now. You're, you're doing your own podcast. And yes. You're, yes, you're very comfortable. That's amazing. 
So, yeah, it's on public speaking as well. Like, uh, yeah, so that helped me a lot. That's great. So you're a good example for anyone who believes that they can change. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, um, and you were talking about this, uh, how we set our stories, we tell ourselves stories, how we create uh, our own identity with these labels. And uh, can you talk more about this and how they uh, become beliefs and how the beliefs uh, condition our life and our behaviors and actions and our results eventually? Sure, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a shot. So, like for example, if someone is, if someone's thinking that okay, um, like I was using myself as an example, I'm shy, and you know I get nervous, or the stories you tell, I get nervous when I have to speak to people, or you know I'm not good enough, or whatever that label might be, then you don't see the opportunities, right? You just get stuck, and you it's like a self fulfilling prophecy your brain just sees what you tell it to see. So if you're telling it you're not good enough, if you tell it you're not smart enough or you're not you know, good enough to go pursue being a podcaster or being whatever it is, a triathlete, being a coach, being a CEO, being whatever that dream looks like to you, mm -hmm. then your brain will stop looking for it. And you'll literally fulfill your prophecy. You'll go into like a scarcity mindset. You'll kind of play smaller and you won't show up for yourself. And so those labels are, in my estimation, they're really dangerous, you know, and this is, I think a big part of me embracing being a coach is something I've always been. I've always been a leader. I've always been, you know, captain of my teams and always elected by others. I never really feel like I really stepped up and embraced that role. And now having two boys, I feel like ultimately I have to change that you know, you have to teach them a growth mindset. You have to tell them, hey, great job trying to do X or asking them, how many times did you, how many times did you get something wrong today? Or how many times did you try something that was hard and that you might've struggled at? And then asking them what their goals are and really helping them start to get comfortable being uncomfortable like we were talking about. But those, those labels can, just just the words we use, right? Like some of the, individuals I've coached when they show up and they'll say oh man I really should have done that or man I should you know I was going to get up this morning I, I wish I would have done that or I should have done better today or man if I would just do that and it's just just simple phrases like that and putting yourself down over and over again it really ends up like I'm saying being a self-fulfilling prophecy where they don't move forward they don't see like their reticular activating system, their brain doesn't see what's right there in front of them, the possibilities, the opportunities, the, the chances for growth, right? So is that, so is it, that your question? Yeah, so it's very important how you're saying that it's very important how you, you talk, we talk to ourselves. Very, right? extremely important, yes, extremely important. How people can, because I think this uh, Lots of people do that, or everyone does that sometimes, you know, like talking to ourselves in a not a very nice way. How we, come? I mean, we all do, and I'm not above it. Like I was doing it earlier today. Like I was telling my wife something about like this big transition I'm going through, right, from being in corporate America uh, on an, in an amazing organization and going out and 
really looking to make a bigger impact. Like once I realized what I liked about recruitment mm-hmm. and was the fact connecting with people like you, like just having a conversation, really getting to know someone deeply mm-hmm. and hopefully changing their day for the better, right? Hopefully leaving something positive with them. And, and so earlier today I was like, Oh man, this is so much. It's to tell my wife. And she's like, listen, stop it right now. She's like, you know, you have, you, you're on me to do X, Y, and Z, and you're pushing me to be better and you're pushing the boys to be better. And everyone around you is better because of conversations you have. She's like, so I was doing the same thing. I was literally playing small this morning, a couple hours ago, sitting there on my steps and my wife is like, knock it off now. I was like, thank you. I needed that coach. Right. Then she gets mad at me because I tell her she'd be a great coach too. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and how how can uh, how can people uh, change that? How can people um, change the way they talk to themselves? What 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 advice would you give to people who realize that they are they they talk to themselves in a negative way and they want to be nicer to themselves because they realize that that's not helping them to 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 live the life they want to live and to be more to be happier. Well, two immediate exercises come to mind. And, and there's, a, there's a number of ways, depending on what's going on with that person. I don't think there's, a, there's not a magic pill. Like there's just not one thing you do. But one great exercise is to write down 50 amazing things you've done in your life. Like take, you know, take 30 minutes, an hour, and just write down all the big and small things you've accomplished. Even if that's you know, being a good son, being a good father, um, whatever those things are, and just remind yourself of how awesome you are. That, that's one. And then another one that I use a lot with coaching is I'll have people write down their, dis, their disempowering beliefs, like the things that they say often that aren't helping the cause, and then empowering beliefs. And then we'll try to replace some of the disempowering beliefs with an empowering belief, right? Like, man, I have to, like a disempowering example would be, man, I have to write that ebook or I have to, I have to go home and I have to go home and work on this, or I have to go work out. Just change it to, I'm so blessed to get to do this. I'm so blessed to have time to work out and have a healthy body, or I'm so blessed or excited to write this book. I mean, that's how I wrote the little, the ebook that I wrote. It was mm-hmm. literally changed my mind after I announced that I would be putting it out there becoming like I even have a title other than I was thinking becoming limitless okay it's COVID there's so much uncertainty and by just saying I'm excited to do this it made it super easy to write it because I really did have fun like it just changed how I felt about it so I I I like that and I think I need to to do that because I have I'm very busy and I I like I I want I have um goals for myself to do things uh, and some of the things I want to do is like write ebooks or create courses you know and 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 sometimes it's like oh but I have so many things to do and I put my you know I tell myself excuses so I need to do that exercise that you just said and say oh I'm so blessed that I have this knowledge I can share with people you know change yes. the that's awesome. That's awesome. So there's a, there's something right. So I'll challenge you and I'll say the way that if you're up for it, can I challenge you? Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you're, if you're serious about your ebook, mm-hmm. all you have to do 
is put it out in your podcast. My ebook is coming out X date, October 15th, November 1st, whatever your date is. And once you put that out, then you know it's going to get done. Yeah, I have to put the deadline. <laughs> no, like I, I, when I announced mine, it was on a Sunday. Yes. And it was due by Friday, the next Friday, like five days later. Oh, wow. In five, did you finish that in five days? In five days. So that was it. I mean, the, the ideas are there. Like I yes. had probably another 20 pages that I could have written, but I just wanted to be just with all the uncertainty. I just really want to provide people with some certainty in these times. Yes. Right? What you're doing by having people on and interviewing folks like myself, just trying to spread some positivity, give people options, let them yes. know maybe this isn't like the end of anything. It's the beginning of something and it could be great depending on what you, you know, what you believe, so. Yeah, okay, I'm going to set a date. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to have my, my ebook published by next Sunday, the 13th. By the 13th? All right. Yes. That is huge. Everyone. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> the Flower of Life podcast. Carmen just announced that she has, will have an ebook ready for you by 9.13. Yes. Thank you for that. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for the challenge. <laughs> Very cool. I'm writing it down so I make sure I can follow up and get my copy. So. <laughs> yes. I'll send, you will be the first one to get the copy. Awesome. And I will, I'll read it right away. I promise. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for that. And one, one, uh, a big part of what you do, and I think this is something that you have been uh, living as a part of, 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 of you, of who you are, is uh, motivate yourself. And you also motivate your clients. Uh, how do you motivate yourself? How do you empower yourself to achieve all the things that you have achieved? Like your five-time uh, Ironman, uh, become a leader, a recruitment leader, become a, become a big performance coach, helping leaders and athletes to, um, to achieve their goals, to improve their performance, to uh, improve their careers, their finances. I think we need, sometimes we, need, we know what we need to do, yeah. but the, we don't have the motivation or the drive. And I think motivation is a big, is a big thing and uh, it's key so how do you motivate yeah. yourself to achieve all the things that you have achieved and how do you motivate your clients well the i think the first thing for motivation won't last right like you can get excited about something say oh, i'm gonna do this and that wears off pretty fast so you need some you need some massive leverage on what whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish and for me uh in the past you can have different kinds of leverage right like when i was doing ironman it was literally to prove to myself that I was still an athlete, right? Because I just, I, that was something that I, a label that I was proud to carry of being an athlete in high school, um, felt like I'd been athletic my whole life. And then not having that when you, when you have the opportunity, when you, when that's gone for a while, like when I wasn't able to really walk or sit down or drive because I had, like, I couldn't feel my right leg and I had shooting pain from, my disc fragment, like I had a 10 millimeter disc fragment. And so that pain and that 
that creates so much leverage for me that when I had the opportunity to go ride, I, I knew it was an opportunity. And you start small too. Like I didn't start doing an Ironman. I, I started with a mini sprint and I was joking around. I saw the, the, the guy I was talking about earlier. Um, like I haven't seen him much in the last 11 or 12 years. We both have families. We kind of grew apart a little bit. But he literally had me sign up for our first half sprint, which was like a 400 yard swim, a eight mile bike ride and like a two mile run. And we thought we were like the bomb, like such badasses afterwards. Like we went out and we had burgers and fries and beers. And we, we definitely ate twice as many calories at the sitting after the race as we used during the race. Cause the race probably took like 45 minutes, an hour or something. Like it was not, it was not that hard, but it was just the, it was just that excitement of taking that first step. So like if you're thinking, oh, I want to do a triathlon, why don't you start with something smaller and then put a race on the calendar? That's really what it is. It's really putting the skin in the game to do it and then being willing to be bad at it. Like I was literally the worst recruiter in the world when I started, not joking. Like we could probably have a contest and I'd be in the, you know, the bottom 5% when I started because I was a medical illustrator. That's what I'm trained as. So I used to do medical legal exhibits. I was going to go back to school after I had my back surgery to be a physical therapist because I wanted to give others the gift of not going through what I went through. But I felt like that was a very parallel move for me at the time. Just because I would have take out another hundred and some thousand dollars in loans. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem smart. I've been poor artist for the last 12 years that's probably not that's not a way to have a family and take care of them so um because of that it i went and i took an opportunity to, to help recruit or help therapists physical therapists in particular find better opportunities and so i literally would just call into facilities and try to have a conversation with people and i was really really bad but if you keep doing it over and over again and then you model the people around you that are good start getting better at it. Like it'll take time, but you'll start getting better at it. Like one of the managers who said to me, Jason, you sound like you're reading a script. And I look at him and like, dude, I am reading the script. And he's like, why? I'm like, because the script has psychology behind it. And I want to leave like three, like first, a first style message and then a second message and then a third message. And I want them to be consistent. I want them to land a certain way. I want them to be received with I'm here to serve and help. But it was literally I am reading until I memorize it, right? So is that a, is that a clear answer? So, for, so to kind yes. of break back down, I'd say put skin in the game, which means that if it's a race or it's a getting a certificate, just put it on your calendar and make it real. Pay, pay for it. Mm-hmm. Like pay for it as soon as you put that and make sure it's enough. Like if you just put a little bit, like if you pay, oh, I'm going to pay $20 or $30, that stuff goes away. When it starts getting uncomfortable, that's when change happens. Yes. And for example, for people who want to start as a, like with the lockdown, a uh, lot of people have been like, maybe not going to the gym anymore because the gyms were closed. They stopped their, maybe they had a, their exercise routine, but they stopped and now they find difficult to start. Um, and in some places the gyms are still closed or, and 
how they can start into, or maybe they have never done exercise and they just realize that they need to do exercise. How how they can how they can motivate themselves to to start, you know, exercising, moving, and that, that's a great question. Get motivation to have a more healthy lifestyle because now I think more people are maybe more aware of how important is health and health is 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 wealth and. Yes. And people want to look at natural ways to to improve their immune system and to be healthy and happier. And I think more people are becoming more aware of how important is health in, in your life and how and and maybe not so, so many people have been uh, having healthy lifestyle or healthy habits and they don't know how to start. Uh, what advice would you give them to to become more? Um, more motivated or that's that that's a that's a beautiful question and a really really important one if we could solve that here today on this show then we'll be all over the news all over the world we'll, we'll have everything so but i would say it would start with leverage right like at the beginning of all this craziness when we weren't able to go to the gym and to see our like my kids weren't able to see their friends and to go places like we decided, my wife and I just decided like, hey, we're going to be COVID fit. We literally said, we're going to be COVID fit. We got like healthy greens. Um, it's like two servings of vegetables, two servings of, of fruit that we just put into a shake every day for the boys because they won't, they won't really eat their, you know, vegetables. And so it just starts with that, that mindset of, hey, we're going to be fit. And then the why right like we're going to be fit because what if something happened to us like my boys i don't really feel they're in danger with kind of the statistics that you see not to go into that too much but just i don't feel like they're really at risk where we're not around any of our grandparents like unfortunately we don't have our our parents here like mine are up north in america then hers are in south america and ecuador so we're not at risk of like getting someone else sick um in that in that sense for family but just having that leverage of knowing that hey if i don't take care of myself i'm not going to be here to see to take care of my kids or maybe their my future grandkids or whatever that line looks like right and you have to do it for yourself like you'll feel better you'll you'll respond better you'll have more energy to do your dreams to be there for the people that you love like for me I don't know how to explain this, but I look at it as a personal responsibility. Like that's, I've always used the analogy of like being a lifeguard. If someone's drowning, like I did it back when I was like hand to hand where you grab people around the chest and then you drag them out of the water or if you can't get their chest, you grab them by the hair or whatever that looks like before they made you use the buoys and stuff. It was a long, long time ago, 30, 30 some years ago. And when I was doing that, um, one of my first experiences, I was trying to save a guy that was like 40 or 50 pounds bigger than I was in a pool. It was an exercise, but it was the exercise of going through the training. And he was a big football player and he literally like locked my arm and he was pulling me down hard and I had to use the block they taught me and push him away. And that's always, I was 15 and that's resonated with me for 30 years that that knowledge that I have to save myself before I can save someone else or help someone else has always, always been kind of a code that I live by. And it's not a selfish thing. I think it's a, it's the responsible thing. I feel like 
a higher power God, whoever you believed in, give us these awesome bodies, these vehicles for ourselves, and we have to take care of them to be able to serve those around us that we love. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you. And it's about is 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 finding your 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 why, your purpose to and love yourself, right? Yes, yes. And it's not easy. We all have the two fears I talked about, and we all have doubts, and they pop up every day. It's just, it's just, it's what our brains are. We're what two thousand year old lizard brains are looking for fight or flight in every single situation, and it's not really there anymore. Like we're not at risk. So. What's, what is the impact that you want to make in the world, Jason? That, I love that question. A huge impact. I always felt like my, my job was to, or my role was to be an example for others and to live my best life. And then I realized that was really playing small. Like my wife and I said, hey, when we retire, we're going to do mission trips. We're going to help underprivileged children. You know, and, and then every time I'd go see my financial advisor, my retirement kept moving further and further back. And I was like, well, I really want to do this in this lifetime. I only get to do this once. And so that was one of the big changes over the holidays, uh, over the Christmas holidays. I was speaking with my wife and I was like, honey, what are the things that you want to do? Because she has all these ideas. And I told her some of mine and we kind of just exchanged them. We just picked a few. We picked a few things that by doing what we're doing now, it's going to impact, immediately impact the world. And we're not doing it in a big way yet, but like, you know, every $10 we make, a dollar goes out to there. So as that grows, I want to make a huge impact. The answer is easily, I want to make a huge impact. Even if I change one person I coach's life, and then they go on to make a bigger impact, it's just exponential what good you can do once you realize what your mission is. It's important to know your mission, right? What your mission is in life, because otherwise you're like, you don't know where you're going. Yeah, I had that. That was me for 45 years. Like I have had success in multiple careers. But I, if you ask me any point from when I was a young kid until maybe November of last year, hey, Jason, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Like happy, in love. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I hadn't. It wasn't the time for me to know, I guess. Like it hadn't crossed my path. It hadn't been my privilege to, to learn about it yet. And now that I have, it's like, I'm just so ramped up. I'm going to like, I'm getting up at 4.30, 5 o'clock every morning, you know, study in the morning, study at night, learn all day, work in between, work out and other times, like just kind of, it's awesome. Like once you're kind of aligned, everything just starts to flow a lot easier. And what helped you to, to get that alignment, to find that uh, insight, to, to realize was, your mission? It was a coach. It was my first coach really pushing me. And he, he said to me, like, I was telling him, oh, I know this COO of this company, and she used to be my, you know, she used to be my mentor, and this other owner used to be, he got me into recruitment. So I would tell him what I knew with the little world I was in in Orlando. So I was at that point, when I first started talking to him, I just thought I needed a change of scenery or, or maybe a different kind of recruitment because I really do love connecting and helping people. So I'm like, well, I'm good at it. It'd be kind of silly to leave it. But then when he kind of pushed me and told me, Jason, you don't know anything. Like, you, 
dude, you're sorry, but you don't know anything. Like you're just limiting yourself to this little area. And so he gave me a couple of exercises of calling other professionals that maybe went to my university or were in fields I was interested in and just start the search. Like basically he almost became my guidance counselor, right? Like you have in high school where he's like, Hey, go check these things out. And then I kept checking them out. And the more and more I did, the more and more I realized that's not where I wanted to be. And I started gravitating towards learning more about what he was doing and connected with people. Did the same exercise myself without him telling me going out and connecting with successful coaches. I found on LinkedIn and I had two or three amazing conversations where I can say that those people really solidified my choice and I still stay in touch with them. But I mean, it's just, just knowing that, hey, if you're a connector or you are whatever you're really good at it and that makes you happy, then that's, that's what you should be doing. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's about trying different things and see what gives you energy and what makes you feel more um, energized, right? Something like that? Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that. I mean, you can get stuck in, I mean, like I said, before I realized what the difference was between a fixed and growth mindset, I would say that I was for years just like I had so many hobbies that I would just work to support my hobbies and my, my family, like whether it was Ironman or uh, painting or swing dancing or whatever that hobby was, I just worked, did my best, made sure I was successful and then got out to do something else. Now there's not something else. Like, yes, I still have hobbies, but the something else that I want to learn about is just how do I get better? Like, how can I be a better coach? Like, what else can I learn? Like, when you were talking about the, the fears and stuff earlier, I thought about a book called Taming Your Gremlins that a coach turned me on to. And it's literally about, like, taking that little voice and naming it. Like, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Know-it-all or Miss Busybody or whatever that is, right? And it's just it makes that fear smaller because when you start naming it and you start talking to it be like yeah leave me alone like not today right so (laughs) i'm not listening to you (laughs) i'm not listening to you not today one of the the women i uh mentor in recruitment every time she'd come talk to me uh if she ever sees it she'll laugh because if she she would come to me like jason jason i had an awesome day today boss awesome day and then that once the middle fell apart or I had an awesome day. I think this deal is going to go through. I think I'm going to get Mary the job, but I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know. And I'd be like, like literally whatever she said, good. It was immediately followed by a bad. And I just asked her, I'm like, do you see what you're doing? She's like, what? I'm like, every time that you say something good and positive and you're getting momentum, you immediately pull back and tell me the bad about it. And she's like, no, I didn't know I was doing that. I'm like, do you have a middle name? And she's like, yeah, it's Maria. I'm like, okay, every time, every time that the bad comes up, I want you to turn to Maria and tell her to shut the F up. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> and it, it actually was really cool because it worked and she's gained a lot of momentum and she's been more, I mean, I'm sure it still pops up for her, but now that she has a name for that negative, like, hey, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. She can turn around and be like, hey, not now, right? Yes. How, how can uh, having a coach can have an impact in your life? Because I know some people, 
don't really know what coaching is yet, even though now more people are talking about coaching and but still people don't uh, don't see the value of coaching and they think that they can find things by themselves so how, how can you how can you tell people that co having a coach really makes a difference in your life and then well, I think it tell stories about your clients or uh, your own yeah. personal experience for having your own coaches and I think it's huge like for me I probably knew I didn't want to continue being a medical illustrator after three or four years of being in the field, maybe five tops, but I did it for almost 11 or 12. And what a coach did for me was really ask me the hard questions. It's not about what, like, of course, anybody can go out and figure it out on their own, but it might take them decades to do it. Right. Like having someone that really cares about you and having someone that want, like, like having your own, fan to say, yes, you can do this. You got this. Like when other, your family's telling you, no, that's crazy. Like you're, I had a boss tell me when I told her that I was leaving and she's like, are you sure you want to leave during COVID? Like you did all this work. Like you have family, like every like fear that I would have like immediately came up, but a coach would tell you, no, this is the opportunity. Like this is what you want. Right. And then just ask you questions, create space for you to talk. I just think a coach gives you an opportunity to cut down that journey by multitudes, right? Like I probably would have had a 15 year coaching career at this point if I would have had a coach before. I mean, it wasn't meant to be, but literally just, it makes no sense not to, if you're able to, so. And a coach, uh, uh, I, I think also that they can see the potential in yourself and you that you don't see yourself. Of course, and they can recognize patterns you don't see and they can recognize the talk, the words you use. Mm. It's, it's again, it's holding that space for someone and really, really investing in them because you want for the best. Like the different clients I have, like some just want an accountability person. Mm -hmm. Like someone want them just to text them in the morning and be like, hey, did you get up today? Like, did you hit your 5 a.m. workout? Or, or whatever that is, right? Like, and and that's what they want now. But then as I get more self-confidence, I believe that's going to change to go deeper on what they really want. So it, it's a journey. It just help, It's like having a guide on your journey, a personal guide to be like, hey, great job, Carmen. So you're writing your ebook next week. That's cool. Yes, you were doing that with like, me. <laughs> like that, that's why you need a coach, right? Yes, so, yes. I mean, I actually, when I got done having my first coach and you know i said i stopped my mba and i paid for the coaching courses and i had a coach i started telling myself the same story well, i can't afford this this is going to be too expensive and then i went and found a way to spend basically what i would have spent on a car on coaching recently and it's been the best decision i've ever made like is it a little uncomfortable yeah but like i found a way to go to college right like yes. i found have student loans and go to college. I found a way to have a house. Like for me, if it gives me back the returns to really help change the world like I want to and set a different legacy for my boys, then it's worth 10 or 50 or a hundred times, whatever it costs me. Even at times I still have that little scarcity guy in the background saying, mm -hmm. are you, crazy? you can't spend that on coaching right now. Like it's COVID. What are you doing? Yeah. Was, no, no, this is, this is a hundred percent the best thing I can do is to model the best people 
to put myself in situations where you're in proximity with like-minded people like yourself. Like we came together for a reason, right? Like you're in Ireland, I'm in Orlando, Florida. So, yes. so something put us here together. So. And, it, and a coach helped you to change your mindset, to, uh, to have a more positive mindset, to, have, to be more positive, to see things from different perspective to uh, achieve your goals, improve your um, performance. And there's, and, and, and a coach could help you with any of your goals, your personal or professional goals as well. Yeah, and there's so many specialized coaches out there. Like, and, and it's not, some of it's the readiness. Like my wife and I, like we have an amazing, amazing marriage, but like any marriage, it has ups and downs, right? And I would say, My Ironman, actually, me quitting doing Iron, like Ironman was a blessing. It gave me personal power. It gave me knowledge that I could accomplish pretty much anything I put my mind to. Maybe not being a brain surgeon or being an astronaut, but pretty much anything, I feel, because of the process mastery and the self-mastery it takes and the discipline. But it almost, because I was so committed to that goal, it almost cost me my marriage. Like she was literally, I went swimming one day and I came back and she's on the beach and she's like, Jason, what's an iron widow? And I look around, there's only one other woman on the beach. There's another, you know, probably disenchanted wife who is also probably really lonely that her husband was always training. And I was like, oh, that lady. But that lady put that in my wife's mind because she gave her the label of what was happening. And when I finally realized what was happening, it was almost too late. And so I've been trying to make up for that for the last three or four years. And finally, because of coaching, it's changed all the patterns in our marriage. And it's not because I'm coaching her. It's just because I'm sharing what I'm learning. And then like, she'll go away and she'll come back to me and say, huh, that is what I've been doing. And it's, it's really been fun. Like I've had the opportunity to, I know you're not supposed to coach your spouse, but I've indirectly coached her a lot and it's changed everything. So what is, what is the, uh, the key to, what would you say is the key to a, um, a successful and happy uh, marriage? I think it's being the other, well, one, the best advice that uh, one of her uncles gave us was to always treat the, your spouse like they're your boyfriend or girlfriend, right? So you make sure you set time aside for each other. Like even, especially if you have kids, especially during these times, like even for a walk, like time where you can just talk as a couple versus talking as a mom or a dad. But recently I'd say another kind of distinction that I've had for myself is to really make sure the other person is achieving their goals, right? Like making sure that they're going after their dreams, making sure, <clears throat> sure that they're not just worried about the kids and waiting for the kids to leave so they can start their life again, but really being supportive, even if you always aren't in alignment with what that might mean for the family, but really supporting the other to go after their goals, like being their biggest fan. Oh, that's, that's very beautiful, yeah. I think that's something that sometimes we forget. We focus on our goals and we really forget to support the other. Guilty, to, guilty all the time. <laughs> to achieve their goals and that they have goals as well. And, Yes. Yeah, so guilty. So guilty. I mean, I've, I am an achiever, achiever, achiever. That's just my makeup. Like 
once I finish something, I'm like, okay, what's next? Yeah. And I don't have time to celebrate, but really this change, shift in mindset and the things I've learned have slowed me down to appreciate stuff. Mm. So. Uh, that's very nice. Um, what um, you're offering a, a complimentary coaching session to our listeners. I am. Definitely. So, yeah. so t tell us about that uh, session. How can people, uh, what, what they need to do to get that and, and what they can get from that? Okay, so it's going, thank you for asking or thank you for letting me share. Um, so anyone that's listening or anyone that sees this, those free complimentary coaching session, you, there'll be a link, an acuity link where you can go and schedule your free hour with me. It'll just be a conversation about what your goals and dreams are and what you're looking to accomplish. And if it's a good fit, we'll figure out a way to work together. If not, if it's something I can't help with, then I'll make sure I'll get you to one of my peers that are you know, maybe more in line with what you're looking for. But if you're looking to change how you're showing up, if you're looking to change how you're going after your dreams or your health or any of those things, I'd love to have a conversation. I'd be honored to have a conversation with you. Or you could also go to my website, which is just bemorecoaching.com, which is letter B and then more, M-O-R-E, coaching.com. It's a free hour session with me. And like I said, if it's something I can help you with, I'd be honored to. And we'll start there. And where people can find you? We can find you on your website. And are you also in Facebook, Instagram? I'm on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website that I just mentioned. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I am on Instagram, but I still have to change that. It's still under Iron Sipple, so it's not under my coaching. So that won't be helpful. And do you have a YouTube, uh, YouTube channel? I do not. Not yet. Nope. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Focus on one thing at a time. Focus yes. on making impact and doing things and that maybe in the future. Thank you very much, Jason. Is there anything else, anything you want to add, you want to share with, your, with our listeners? Today? No, no. I am just, I like to tell your listeners that this has been, and you, this is fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity to come on and to get to know you a little better and to share my passion with the world and my, my goals and my vision. It's been really fun. It's been a lot more, I have never been on a podcast before, so this has been a great, great first experience. And I thank you for that. I think honored to have you here, Jason. I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, I think you share lots of uh, very interesting insights and, and tips and advice to our listeners to improve their life. And in the description of the podcast uh, and uh, in the video, you will find the Jason contact details, the link to download the, his ebook, and, and the link to book the, the 60 minutes complimentary session. And remember, it is your choice to live your life in your terms, to make your own decisions, look for solutions and opportunities and feed your mind with empowering messages. To for more uh, inspirational conversations, check our website, floweroflightpodcast.com. <laughs>